in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. A grim update to an already troubling story unfolding in Northwest Hills. Police now believe the woman found dead last week when firefighters were putting out a grass fire was burned alive. Thank you for being with us tonight. I'm Britt Moreno. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. KXN's Brianna Hollis shows us where this crime happened and shares some new details in the case. The spot where this happened is out in the open on Mesa Drive. It still smells like smoke and you can see the charred fence, the charred ground, even some of the leaves are still black. As you can imagine, people in this neighborhood already disturbed to begin with and now even more disturbed by the new details. Feet away from a busy West Austin Road, a scorched crime scene. It is creepy. It's uh, I can't wait till it grows over. It's a sad reminder what happened. When AFD responded to a fire here last week, they found a burned body and police started to investigate this as a homicide. APD identified the victim as 33 year old Melissa Davis. According to a search warrant for her cell phone data, Davis left her mother's home in the Circle C area the day before the fire, saying she had to go to the Apple store to get her phone fixed. The warrant also states medical examiners determined Davis was burned alive and there was no other trauma to her body. Well, that's just awful. That's just a horrible thing to do to somebody else. Police also say they found a lighter nearby and a police canine detected gas or diesel in the area. Investigators hope the phone data they're seeking leads them to a suspect. Just very disturbed and uh, I hope their family finds peace. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. And of course, KXAN is tracking the number of homicides in Austin. As of Tuesday, there have been 50 homicides on our website right now. We do have maps and graphs showing where, when, and how they've happened. You can also compare them to years past. All you have to do is search homicide map on KXAN.com. I want to take you out live now. You're looking at Zilker Park from our Austonian camera. It is the first day of Austin City Limits 2023, and right now the sun is out. It's shining. Temps are in the 80s. There's that light breeze. It is literally perfect outside. <laughs> just the greatest day to enjoy some live music. And tonight, Kendrick Lamar and the Lumineers are just two of the headliners. Not every ACL weekend has been beautiful. Of course, our digital data reporter dug through the archives to find the hottest, coolest, and the wettest ACL festivals since it began in 2002 and you can find that story at kxan.com all right so davis has david has the best job today for us all <laughs> he is out there at the lady bird johnson wildflower center with today's forecast he is enjoying the sunshine yes. the blue sky how's everything going david uh Britt, Jen, just as wonderful as when we last chatted at 4 p.m. If you don't know why we're out here, we're actually getting ready for the invite-only preview party to something that you and the public can check out starting tomorrow at 9 a.m., Fortlandia. Let me explain. They partner with sustainably-minded local architects and find some sponsors for these really cool forts. Their whole goal with this is to get you and the kids to want to play like a child and climb around on these cool forts outside. You can find information on attending starting tomorrow at wildflower.org. Let me show you the temperatures. It's a nice mild day, still a little warm out here. 85 degrees right now in Austin, 84 in Marble Falls. Nice mix of sun and clouds, no rain expected. Back to that great view of ACL madness. Temperatures this evening cooling off nicely, 73 by the time the headliners close at 11 o'clock. Coming up, we're talking about the coolest air since May, a warm up next week, then another strong fall cold front on the way.
All right, David, thank you. Well, Texas teachers have their eye on the Capitol, hoping for a long promise raise. Now, state leaders pledged to increase teacher pay and public education funding last session, but they left Austin without making any of those changes. And now, as Ryan Chandler reports, Governor Abbott has called for a session focused on education, but he hasn't mentioned teacher pay on his demands from lawmakers. We love these kids. We love our communities. We're constantly, you know, trying to do everything we can for them. And it's really sad to think that there's nobody who is doing that for us. Rebecca Ozuna loves to teach, but after working with special ed students in San Antonio, she's one of the thousands of Texas teachers pushed out by the pay. That is what ultimately took me away from the profession, and that was a really hard decision to make. State leaders also making hard decisions, leaving Austin after this last legislative session without any increase to teacher pay, despite many promises. We provided more funding for public education and more funding for teacher pay raises than ever before in the history of the state of Texas. Today, Texas ranks 36th in the nation for per student spending and 28th for teacher pay. In this session, we will add even more. We're going to do our job and we'll get we'll get a teacher pay raise. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick tells us raises are coming this special session, but they will be tied to an education savings account program. Some teachers advocates say that's a bad deal. There is no deal that anyone is willing to take in exchange for a voucher. There are teachers leaving the profession in droves because of the pay. If the kids are our priority, then the easiest way to serve them is to fix that by properly funding our schools. If lawmakers can't find a solution this session, Rebecca worries more teachers like her will leave the classroom. I'm hopeful because I know that the true power of education doesn't come from political mandates or requirements or decisions made in offices. It really is the connection that we have with our students. On Monday, the Senate Finance Committee is hosting a public hearing on legislation regarding teacher compensation and public education funding. Now, the governor has not yet responded to our questions on whether he will call for action on these issues. While more funding isn't in this special session agenda, school vouchers are. The Texas Politics Project released a poll in August asking the level of support for either a program like school vouchers or other school choice programs or even support for redirecting state tax revenue to help parents pay for private school costs. And more than half of Texans showed some support for establishing some type of voucher-like program. Support was only at 45% when asked directly about redirecting state tax revenue to help pay for private schools. At least 18 migrants mostly from Venezuela and Haiti are dead following a bus crash. This was in southern Mexico. So prosecutors from Oaxaca show the bus rolled over on its side on a section of highway, but the cause of that crash is still under investigation. Now state police said a total of 55 migrants were on that bus. This crash is the latest in a series of migrant deaths in Mexico amid a surge of them traveling toward the U.S. border. Because migration agents often raid regular buses, migrants and smugglers often seek out risky forms of transportation like unregulated buses, trains, and freight trucks. Ahead, the latest on the auto workers strike. Why the United Auto Workers president is saying progress has been made, but they're not done yet. And a new report looking into the economy is out today. Will there be another interest rate hike? Former President Trump filing an appeal in his civil fraud case. Why he's saying the whole thing should be dismissed. 
Well, today the United Auto Workers president gave an update on the negotiations between the union and the big three automakers. One of the biggest developments in the negotiations occurred after the union threatened a possible strike at GM's Arlington, Texas assembly plant. With the looming threat, the automaker reportedly agreed to place electric battery manufacturing plants under the national agreement. And the president said the strike is working. We are winning. We are making progress and we are headed in the right direction. And what has moved the needle is our willingness to take action, to be flexible, to be aggressive when we have to, and to be strategic. And around 25,000 of the union's workers are currently on strike. The September jobs report paints a far better picture for the economy than expected. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the U.S. economy added over 300,000 jobs last month. The report may push the Federal Reserve to continue aggressively hiking interest rates to cool persistent inflation. Republican critics are slamming what the president himself has dubbed Bidenomics. And a September NBC News poll showed just 37% of voters surveyed approve of how the president has handled the economy. Before sorting out how to fund the government, House Republicans need to pick a new speaker. President Biden said today he would try to work with whomever is chosen to fill the seat. Well, former President Donald Trump's legal team filed a request today seeking an end to the ongoing civil fraud trial. Now, this request is also asking to dismiss the summary judgment that could lead to the end of the former president's company. That summary judgment found the former president and his company guilty of inflating the value of assets. And today was the fifth day of that trial. The former president, who was in court for the first three days of the proceedings, has maintained his innocence and says this is part of an ongoing witch hunt. What a beautiful night to be under those Friday night lights. We're live from Dragon Stadium for tonight's game, Vandegrift versus McNeil. Warm temperatures and low humidity live down here at the Wildflower Center. 87 the high temperature where we ended up today on the maps. Pretty typical October weather, but boy, you think it felt good today? Wait until the weekend. We've got another cold front next in your forecast. Well, Friday night lights will be shining bright in Round Rock tonight with Vandegrift versus McNeil. Yeah, and Jonathan Thomas joining us live from Dragon Stadium where the Vipers will take on the Mavericks. Jonathan. Yeah, here at Dragon Stadium, a 25-6A battle between Vandegrift and McNeil. Uh, Vandegrift having a great season. They're undefeated. They're at the top of the district, along with Round Rock High. That's who uh, typically plays here at Dragon Stadium. Both 2-0 in 25-6A. Vandegrift 5-0 overall. McNeil, the home team tonight, they're 1-1 in district. Uh, already better than last year than when they were winless in district, and they got that district victory right here or over on KBO, KBVO as part of our high school football game of the week last week. Um, only one touchdown it took for McNeil to win last week's game on KBVO and it came on a cool hook and ladder play seven to six. So the Mavericks uh, hoping to unseat Vandegrift here. Of course, tonight Vandegrift, as I mentioned, they had a great season last year making the state championship game, hoping to try to get a state title this season. Um, of course, and they're off to a swimming start. Can't get better than undefeated, of course. Vandegrift, too, their team has been outstanding. They've won with a balance of a high-power offense and a stifling defense. Uh, Vandegrift 
has um, only allowed more than 20 points one time, or, or excuse me, they've only scored less than 30 points one time this season. Of course, they've only allowed six point, about six and a half points per game in their two district victories, um, only holding their opponents to seven points one week and six points in week two of district play. So Vandegrift certainly presenting a big challenge. Like I said, McNeil had that cool hook and ladder play that ended up basically winning the game for them last week. It's going to take a little bit more for McNeil to do that this week, but hey, that's why they play the game. Of course, if McNeil gets a victory, that'll make a huge statement uh, that they will send to the rest of District 25-6A. So of course, uh, they're hoping for a big time victory tonight. Vandegrift, of course, one to stay undefeated as well. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock here from Dragon Stadium. We'll have the highlights for you of this game and other games from around Central Texas tonight on Friday game night at 10 o'clock. That does it for me from Dragon Stadium in Round Rock. I'm Jonathan Thomas. Let's go back over to you. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much. And we know all of our football players all across Central Texas put in their dues, working two-a-days over the summer when temperatures were brutal. Tonight, David, they deserve a wonderful Absolutely. night of football. <laughs> Tonight, this would be the weather for football that we should have had a month ago, guys. We're back here at the Wildflower Center where it's mild. The air is getting drier by the minute with low humidity. We're out here actually at a special Fortlandia preview party right here over my shoulder. The band is getting ready to set up. They'll be playing for our six o'clock update, so be sure to join us back here for that. Fortlandia, by the way, with fun for you and the family, open to the public tomorrow starting at 9 a.m. Information on wildflower.org. Let me take you out to the weather maps tonight where you can see that Friday night football forecast looks wonderful. 80 degrees at kickoff, 73 by the end of the game. Nice clear skies and a bit of a northerly breeze. I'll take you back out to the shot you saw earlier in the newscast. What a sight here from the Austonian weather cam as tens of thousands of people fill Zilker Park for ACL weekend one kicking off as we speak. Temperatures are warm, 85 degrees, a nice mix of sun and these high thin cirrus clouds not blocking much sun and certainly not producing rain. But look at this, just as we're riding high on the heels of one cold front, we have another one coming, 80s ahead of it, but 66 and dropping pretty quickly behind it up in Amarillo. This front, it's important to note that there's no rain, no thunderstorms, and certainly no hail threat as it arrives quietly overnight. There it goes, breezing through from north to south by morning. Tomorrow morning, we may even see 50s in Austin for the first time since the first day of May, five months ago. Tomorrow afternoon, look at this. You thought today felt good. How about subtracting 10 to 15 more degrees, upper 60s to lower 70s? Gusty winds tomorrow, most prevalent when you wake up, 20 to 30 miles an hour blowing from north to south. That dry, low humidity wind will ease up later in the day for Zilker Park ACL fans. Tonight's forecast, we're actually calling for a really refreshing night in Austin even, 57 degrees for the coolest night since May 1st. ACL weekend one continues tomorrow with what could be our coolest afternoon since April. No chance of rain, lower 70s and breezy winds. 79 degrees on a really pleasant day on Sunday. And if you're heading up north shortly to go to the Cotton Bowl, Texas OU, so many big events happening under such great weather in the state of Texas this weekend. You'll need some sleeves for the beginning of the game, especially for the tailgate. It'll be in the 50s and a little breezy before the game starts. Boy, the game itself, hard to argue with that. 60s to lower 70s.
Your seven-day forecast looks really pleasant for the next several days with three nights in a row, even in Austin in the 50s. Unfortunately, temperatures do ramp back up, and so does humidity during the middle of next week. We may see 90 degrees, even 92 again next Thursday as a slight chance of rain returns. But uh, some Pacific moisture, a storm system, and another cold front come in here Thursday into early Friday. Even though that could mean a little rain, it'll also drop the temperatures and erase the humidity in entirely for what could be another really pleasant ACL weekend too. Okay, David, thank you so much. Well, have you had a migraine recently? Thursday's rainstorm may have caused this. Doctors say it's due to a combination of environmental triggers. A cloudy day changes the amount of light you may be used to, and a drop in atmospheric pressure could also be a weather trigger. Other triggers are changes in sleep patterns, stress, changes in hydration or eating. These can be unique for each person, of course. Now we talked to Dr. Samantha Irwin, a pediatric neurologist at Dell Children's, and she specializes in headache disorders. She recommends migraine patients keep track of migraine episodes to see which ones are relevant. If you feel like you're someone that every time there's a storm or a big change in weather, you get a terrible migraine attack, that would be something to take note of um, and to do some more kind of thorough tracking of your own headache pattern with weather changes um, because it does you know provide an opportunity to um, to get ahead of things and to maybe treat early and more effectively our digital reporter Cora Nice has more on what you can do to prevent and treat migraines under this story at kxan.com it's supposed to be the happiest night of a couple's life, but one Mississippi woman is turning it upside down. The charges she's now facing for crashing multiple weddings. Okay, now to the Powerball lottery ahead of tomorrow night's big drawing. The grand prize stands at $1.4 billion. Powerball says that this is going to be the first time ever that we've seen back-to-back billion-dollar grand prizes. The last big jackpot was on July 19th, and there hasn't been a jackpot winner since. So that jackpot total for Powerball has continued to climb up there. The Multi-State Lottery Association says just 18% of jackpot-winning tickets have had numbers where players pick the numbers themselves. That means 82% of the jackpot winning tickets have been picked by computers. And it also says the number 52 apparently has come up most frequently on white balls for jackpot winning drawings. The number 24 has come up most frequently for the red power balls. Well, a woman has been arrested in Mississippi for crashing weddings, and she's also facing some charges in other states. So authorities say Sandra Lynn Henson was arrested at a wedding in Pontot County, Mississippi. Now she's not only charged with crashing the weddings, authorities say that she would also steal the gifts and money intended for the bride and for the groom. She's charged with petty larceny, trespassing and disturbing the peace. And she has a previous arrest in Mississippi and is also facing similar charges in Alabama as well as Tennessee. Tonight on Dateline, Dennis Murphy speaks exclusively to the husband of Emily Noble about the case that rocked a small Ohio town. And here's what's ahead. Hey, Dennis Murphy here. We've been working on a story about a woman named Emily Noble who went into the woods on her birthday weekend and was never seen alive again. Cops, family, friends, even strangers searched for her for months. Many of them certain that only one man could solve the mystery of what happened to her. That man did have an explanation, but hardly anyone believed it. Certainly not the police. We talked to them all. 
even talked to him and came back with a story that still has us mystified. Tonight on Dateline at 8 on KXAN. Breaking news now, an update to our top story at the start of this broadcast involving what police believe is a woman who was burned alive. Austin police just shared this photo. They say this is important. They need to find this woman's car. They say this SUV you're looking at here belonged to Melissa Davis, a woman whose body, they say, was burned in West Austin off of Mesa Drive. Investigators say if you see this blue 2016 Toyota 4Runner, Please call investigators. We'll have the license plate information online attached to the story at kxan.com.